Yeah? What do you got there, Eco? Oh, <laughs> Invasion of the Mutant Head Lice. <laughs> yeah. Definitely pleases a specific audience, that one, right? Yeah, I think they're missing Oh, I remember this. Yeah, giant robo-zombie of the living damned. Cult classic. But we, we've seen that one a lot, though, yeah? Mm-hmm. Ooh, how about this one? Horror Massacre of the Terror People. Yeah, part one. I think it was the best, you know? Because by the time they got to part seven with all that mutant cucumber people thing, it, yeah, it got really old, you know? Yeah, oily maniac! This is an actual film, no joke. Released in 1976 from the Shaw Brothers Studios in Hong Kong. Plantation worker Shen gets a magic formula from his uncle. Then he uses it and transforms into an oily monster, claiming revenge for his bad life. The editor's highly recommended choice. Enough said. Oh, I love this one. Some great effects for that time, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Croctopus versus Mechamantis. Going for the intellectual stuff, huh? Oh my god, that's the box set of the Clam Salesman Chronicles. Oh, and it's the whole 71 part trilogy, too. Oh, wow. Clams! Okay, this is Fuse Box number 234, Shroud Pleaser, and you are clearly wrapped way too tight. But I got all this stuff to do, places to go, people to see, things to arrange, and all these office supplies that need to be arranged by color, type, texture, and name. And then there's the paper shredder. Yeah, buddy, you need to relax a bit. I mean, all that pent-up energy? I mean, I, that could cause you to... We're very careful about all that. I hate when that happens. Yeah, it's going to be hard getting that out of the shag carpet. Greetings, friends, and welcome in to this, the 234th edition of Fusebox Hauntingly, entitled Shroud Pleaser, and I'm your searching for ghouls in all the wrong places host, Mark Rose, and over there, lurking among the bubbling radio beakers and fuming audio stenchers is the diabolical doctor of the dials, Milt Keynes, everybody. Well, thank you kindly. Yeah, it's that October thing again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know what? It's been very well documented on this show, Mr. Keynes, that you are not a fan of this uh, time of year. Or maybe any, any time, time of, of year. year. Yeah, yeah. Well, this one is just, I don't know, it's just creepy. Now, I can handle some creepy shit. I mean, I have been to Utah. 
But uh, this ghosts and ghouls and things coming up out of the earth and stuff, it just it just curls my nose hairs, man. Nah, fair enough. Yeah, it's not everybody's bowl of beetles. But uh, being that it is that time of year, I, I thought we'd indulge a bit on this installment of the show and chat about some fun films to uh, check out that are clearly in the spirit, so to speak, uh, of the uh, time of the year, and also spin a couple of things that we've done in the past that share a certain um, unusual quality to them. Well, hell, wouldn't that just be everything? (laughs) You're too generous, Mr. King. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we also have another wondrous submission from our buddy, 42nd Street Pete, who gives us a review of a Western unlike any you've probably encountered before. But uh, before we get into all that, I just wanted to take a brief minute to uh, remind you that our friend John Barber and his program called Reimagined Radio just aired a long-lost edition of a show that uh, Gerald McQuinn and I produced way back in 1989 for a commercial broadcast radio series Yes, that's what I said. Commercial broadcast radio series called Shriek Show. The uh, episode is entitled Azizia, and uh, that hasn't been heard in over three decades. And uh, we, we're just delighted and uh, more than a little honored to have that show featured on his reimagined radio program. And you can find it at uh, reimaginedradio.net or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that one was pretty creepy, bro. Well, that was kind of the point, Mr. Keynes. We wanted to do a, an episode using the, the uh, characters and settings of the previous series we had created several years prior, Dry Smoke and Whispers, and give it a kind of a horror slant. So, so yeah, check it out. We, uh, we'll have a link to that show in the description for you. When we return, though, a problem with coffee... A grandmother like no other. And some Halloween films to consider. So, join us, aren't we? I still don't understand what's going on. <laughs> you like that one, guys? Zombies! Yay! <laughs> oh, that's a classic. Zombie Holocaust. Or uh, retitled as Dr. Butcher, M.D., Medical Deviant. Mm, I think it's amazing. Oh, how did I learn about all this? Well, you know, back in the day, through magazines. Famous Monsters, Castle of Frankenstein, things like that. <laughs> yeah, like the ones I have upstairs. But you know what? There's a new place to go for info about stuff like this and everything else in the Grindhouse world. <laughs> yes, there is, Milo. It's called Grindhouse Resurrection Magazine. And it's jam-packed with articles about these films. You know, the folks who write for GRM. They lived it. And there's a piece in the premiere issue all about early zombie movies without a bite. You should check it out. There's a link in the show description to get your paws on a copy. Greenhouse Resurrection! Yay! <laughs> the show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. TheFuseBoxShow.com all righty then, keeping within the spirit. Season, friends, we we're gonna do a secret word. Okay. Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay, uh, I wanted to feature a uh, twisted epiphany that we produced a few years back, and it's uh, 
It's always been uh, one of my favorites, probably up there with uh, Family Face and uh, Kitchen Man, uh, all uh, coincidentally written and narrated as well by Jody Lorimer and can be found in our archives on the website, thefuseboxshow.com. But we'll, we'll make it really easy for you. A link to those two will be in the show description. But Grandmother has always been a personal favorite, as I say, written and narrated right here by Jody Lorimer. She sat quietly, stroking the long, stiff hairs on her legs. It soothed her, this petting, while she waited for the animal. It wouldn't be long now. From here, she could see the flickerings of goings-on below, faint sounds, a flash of movement, the buzzing of familiar voices, rising and falling in an ancient cadence. And then, the sound of the new ones, drifting up and over like the frothy, sparkling foam of bubbles, riding over deep, churning water. They don't know our ways. How could they? They were delicate with a language that chirped and sang. They were restless and flitted from here to there as if constantly afraid of being caught. They had flitted here, to her ancient home, probably to avoid being caught by something, but she couldn't understand what. The new ones gestured and waved and twittered and fluttered, but it made no sense to her. At first, they thought the new ones were beautiful in a translucent sort of way, filmy and light. Soon enough, they began to seem breakable. Dry twigs and weightless leaves carried by the breeze on a whim. She didn't like them, and it seemed they didn't like her or the rest of her tribe. She thought they might be afraid because they judged them. They didn't know their ways. How could they? The time had come around to collect a new living place above the old and continue. They had all felt the light ancestors above resonate with the deep ground lines, drawing them as it always did to this place at this time. There could be no thought of not being here. It was ever so. It was simply the order of things. Yet after we had collected, and when we began to dig, to uncover the old living places, to bring the grandmothers up from the den of deep energy, as they must, to inhabit the new living place and radiate to the living, the new ones suddenly flew to a far corner and twittered nervously, waving their arms and fluttering. They were afraid of our slow and ancient ways, emerging from the sonic world ways tied to the subterranean from the beginning, dwelling in darkness to absorb the deep rhythms that throbbed in us. We emerge when we must, as now. We are not at home in the bright air as they are. They don't understand our ways. How could they? Fragile little flittery things. A rumbling began within her. The animal she could feel it. She had lived two other lives in two other forms, and this would be her third form and her third life. She would be a grandmother. 
At last, she arched forward, bending almost in half. Her breath shuddered. Ripples quaked to her furthest extremities. She heaved very slowly once, twice, and her back split open to reveal the soft, silvery carapace unfolding that, once revealed, would harden and endure. Then she would return to the new living place, a new, pregnant, and hungry creature. So I can't figure out if I need a can of Raid or a bazooka for this one. You know, my guess is neither. Because if you really encountered that thing, it probably would be over before you knew it. You know? Yeah. A charming little piece there from the pen of Jody Lorimer entitled Grandmother. And uh, as I say, you can find more of Jody's work as well as the other talented folks who have worked with us to craft these things in our archives at thefuseboxshow.com. Just use the handy search thingy and type in Twisted Epiphanies and you'll be delighted by the rich bounty of audible offerings. Uh, how about a nice coffee break? And now, another edition of Problem Man. Welcome to Pricey Foods. How can I help you? Oh, hi. Hi. Well, I, I uh, bought this coffee yesterday by mistake. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I was actually looking for the whole bean variety, and I uh, I picked up the ground one instead. Oh, sure. Happens all the time. Oh, good. Great. Great. Well, then I'll just go exchange the... Uh... Actually, uh, could you stand over there? Uh, Am I, uh, am I in the way or something? If you could just stand over there, it'll be just fine, okay? Uh, oh. over here? Uh-huh, just over there. I mean, you know, I, I could, I could just grab the one I want and then I Just could... right over there would be great. Okay, um, you know, not to be a, a pain or anything, but I'm on my lunch hour here, and I, I need to get back to the... O- oh, I totally understand. Something will be with you in just a moment. I, I'm sorry, did you say something will be with me? Uh-huh. Okay, look, you know what? I, I really got to get going here. I, I, I Can't I just grab the... It'll be just a moment, I promise. 
<sighs> you know, I, I, I can do this another time. I'm really, really running late. So uh, maybe I... Hey. What the hell? I'm stuck. I can't... Uh, I can't move my legs. Hey. Hey. It's like I'm, uh, I'm uh, rooted to the floor here. Uh-huh. Uh, no, 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 really. I'm, uh, I'm stuck. I can't seem to, uh... What the hell is that? Hey, do you, do, do you see this thing? Miss, miss, do you see this thing? Uh-huh. This thing in the ceiling, it's, it's coming down pretty, uh... Are those, are those blades? What, what is going on with this? Something will be right with you. Yeah, yeah, I see, but, uh, this... This is not. Oh, uh, hey. You know what? No. I. Oh, I really. Thanks for shopping at Pricey Foods. Have a nice day. You know, sometimes you get up and things just don't go right. You end up chopped, freeze-dried, and packaged. It just ain't right. Was he decaf? Oh, that's a good question, Mr. Keynes. It's a perfect night for mystery and horror. The air itself is filled with monsters. The whole world's frightened to death. Crazy, am I? We'll see whether I'm crazy or not. Children of the night. What music they make. Brain of a dead man waiting to live again in a body I made. <laughs> she hate me. I told them there'd be death and destruction if they didn't let you sing. Thou shalt rise again. It's alive! It's alive! Universal's classic monsters. I hope you will like you know, this is the perfect season for films that go bump in the night. And I have picked a short list here of uh, some that go very well with this time of year. Well, any time of year. If you're you. <laughs> guilty as charged. <laughs> well, let's face it. Uh, we all have our guilty pleasures when it comes to films. And I wanted to suggest a few that may have drifted well under your radar, or perhaps just worthy of a revisit, as uh, probably is the case with this uh, example, a, a Blu-ray collection of the uh, original horror classics from uh, Universal Studios. Now, we're talking about the ABCs of horror, friends. Uh, Frankenstein, Dracula, The Mummy, The Invisible Man, The Bride of Frankenstein, The Wolfman, Phantom of the Opera, and last, but certainly at the end, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Now, all released in this uh, absolutely pristine eight-disc collection, and they have been painstakingly restored as well. I mean, they, they've never looked this good, uh, making this collection probably uh, the best viewing experience available at present. And uh, what's more is that uh, also, right now, all of these are showing on Prime Video, if you happen to have that. The uh, hard copy version of this collection features a 44-page booklet with all sorts of backstory info on the, the making of these films. And uh, well worth picking up, because I think it's kind of, 
uh, at a bargain price right now, too. So if you're a fan of these classics, it's uh, worth checking out. Oh, I gotta say, I, I love me some Wolfman, creepy or not. Oh, breaking your own rule against the creep factor, Mr. Kane? Well, see, I, I can watch this, well, you know, like at 10 a.m. or in the middle of the afternoon, and it'll be fine, bro. Ah, I see. So, like at night, you won't flash back to the previous viewing and, uh... Now, just stop it right there. Yeah, yeah. A brilliant scientist submits himself to a machine to prove his theory with disastrous results. Don't touch him! Chalk. Uh, uh... Science runs amok when human beings tamper with unknown forces. Explosive scenes as nature's forces demonstrate their superior power against man's efforts to interfere with the normal order of mind and matter. A shattering suspense film to rivet your attention from its dramatic opening to its devastating climax. Be sure you see this terrific film, The Projected Man. I gotta tell you, as a child, I was obsessed with seeing this next film, and it would remain elusive until many, many, many years later, as this one never turned up on uh, at least my local creature feature or shock theater or chiller or whatever. It's from 1966, a uh, science fiction slash horror tale called The Projected Man, starring Bryant Holiday. It concerns the invention of a device that uh, can transport inanimate matter from place to place and uh, does so rather well, but trying it with a human has a rather horrific consequence. Sounds a little like uh, the fly, yeah? Yeah, definitely inspired by that for sure. And uh, has a lot of the similar trappings of that kind of story, but the production value and performances are uh, really well worth uh, taking the spin on for this one. It's got a sort of... (laughs) Really kind of predates it, too. It's kind of a graphic novel air to it. Terrific set direction and uh, production design. Well, I won't want to avoid missing it, then. (laughs) Brain, it's gone. That's not all. The entire spinal cord is missing. What? It's incredible. It's as if some mental vampire were at work. Does it come from another country or another world? This terrifying menace that G2 must destroy before it's too late. How can they stop this invisible force whose only warning is a weird, blood-chilling sound? We're facing a new form of life that nobody understands. I believe it feeds on the radiation from your atomic plants and that it's evil. got to stop them. There's only one way shut down your atomic plant. If I can get through, I can blow up the control room. Next, we have another classic. Again, a more in the science fiction slash horror category. This one from 1957. It's Fiend Without a Face all about these invisible creatures that suck out your brains. Brain suckers! Yay! 
That's right, guys. <laughs> Knew you'd be fans. Well, actually, you do get to see them at the end, but it's and it's a treat, believe me. It's a real treat. This edition was put out by Criterion, which is a thing, a few years back, and uh, they did a fantastic job at uh, restoring this one. They they typically do much more serious films, but uh, figured this was worthy uh, a worthy effort, so uh, they did. Again, great cinematography, some uh, pretty clever stop-motion animation, and a script based on a story originally written in 1930 by Amelia Reynolds uh, for the pages of Weird Tales magazine called The Thought Monsters. It would appear, this uh, film, uh, on those Saturday afternoon shock shows back in the day, but in many, many cases, it was a wee trimmed. So uh, it's great to see this thing intact. And uh, I I do believe this one, too, is available on uh, Prime Video. These things want flesh, any kind of flesh. And once they sense it, they'll eat their way through anything that comes between them and their meat. No one can escape the flesh eaters. Oh, here's a little lurid treat. And really, really hard to see in any version back in the day uh, that wasn't, you know, sliced to ribbons uh, to render it uh, virtually unintelligible. But 1962's The Flesh Eaters is a must-see. I mean, (laughs) the title alone, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm getting a bit queasy. <laughs> Directed by uh, Jack Curtis, and 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 if truth be told, shot and edited as well, because the budget on this thing was uh, non-existent. But uh, he does a stellar job, and uh, the lead crazy guy is played by Martin Kopeck, a guy whose face will be immediately recognizable, certainly from his scores of TV roles, as he uh, he appeared in, like, uh, Man from Uncle, The Outer Limits, uh, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, The Rifleman, Get Smart. Uh, the list is, is pretty long for, for Martin. He plays a uh, crazed German scientist, <laughs> what else, experimenting with a certain type of voracious bacteria, and uh, the effects are pretty damn good for this time. And uh, you, I, I, you just have to stick around, though, for the completely out of its mind, phantasmagorical ending. Now, do I actually have to stick around? I mean, could I go have a corn dog and say I stuck around? <laughs> yes, you could, sir. Yeah, but but you'd miss out. But you, you, you indeed could. Yeah. Mmm, corn dogs. Nothing can strip your nerves screamingly raw like the diabolical Doctor Z and his doubly diabolical daughter. How many thrills can you take? Warning, this picture is for people with nerves of steel. Get rid of her right away. The sooner the better. I'm leaving here and Nadia's coming too. Too late now. Nadia! 
a good Jess Franco film around these parts. So here's one that is fabulous. A beautifully shot, hyper-stylized film called The Diabolical Dr. Z from 1965, shot in gorgeous black and white, almost film noir style, and uh, features a a mind-control machine, poison-tipped fingernails, mannequins, go-go dancers, and did I mention mannequins? Oh, you did, actually. Yeah, Jess had a thing for mannequins. I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, This, too, is on Prime Video, so you don't have to send for it halfway around the world to pick up a copy as I did. Uh, So there there are uh, just a few of the faves I've uh, randomly picked out. (laughs) There are so, so, so many, friends. Really. I could have done an entire show on uh, more of these films, but uh, as not to wear out our welcome... Or patience. (laughs) Or patience, yeah. We'll leave it there. But staying within that spirit... Thank you. you. Uh, And giving us the straight talk about all things Grindhouse, we've got another thrilling installment from our buddy 42nd Street Pete. This time, (laughs) a Western from a decidedly different part of town. They were desperate criminals, chained together, driven by a vengeful sergeant. They feared nothing. They were destined to die shackled like animals. What you see here is only a sample of what is in store for you in Cutthroats 9. For your protection, you will be given a terror mask free at the entrance. We urge you to use it if the violence is more than you can stand. And now it's time for another Grindhouse Minute with 42nd Street Pete. This is 42nd Street Pete bringing you a Grindhouse Minute. The Cutthroats 9, it's a spaghetti gore western. And that was like in 72. And I think it was directed by Joachim Marchent, who did a couple other westerns. I I think he might have done Slugs, too. Here's the thing. I never actually went to see this movie. I went to see what it was playing with, but I had been out all night because I was going to go catch catch it at night, but then I hooked up with my barmaid friend, and we were drinking all night. So basically, I was going back home to Jersey. I took the wrong bus. I got off, and it was in East Orange, the Hollywood Theater, and whatever I wanted to see was playing there with the Cutthroats 9. So I walk in, sit down, and that's all she wrote. I woke up at the end of the credits, and then Cutthroats 9 came on. And it was all these prisoners in this wagon with Sergeant Brown and his daughter all chained up, being taken somewhere. But then they're attacked by bandits who kill all the guards. And I mean, skulls getting bashed, throats getting cut, all kinds of really fucked up shit. And then it's like there's this forced march with these convicts with the chains. And they're singing cute little songs about how they're going to kill Sergeant Brown when he goes to sleep and shit. And then they find out that the gold is really the chains that they're chained up with. So every time one of these guys starts some shit, they get killed. Like one guy goes, I'm not going to march anymore. Sergeant Brown shoots him in the head and blows his eye out. And then they eventually overpower Sergeant Brown, who's played by spaghetti Western regular Robert Hundar. His real name is uh, Claudio Yildari. That's his real name. So they get him. They rape his daughter. They burn him in a barn and they move on. And then there's the gang attacks again, but there's this one guy who's an alcoholic who hallucinates that Brown's coming after him and shit. And then him and the gang, the gang that originally attacked him, kill each other. 
And then the last two guys are in this trading post owned by this guy named Caldwell, who they have issues with. So they string him up and they disembowel him, which wakes up the wino behind me, looking up, goes, look at all them guts hanging out. He falls back to sleep. So then the daughter finally finds a stick of dynamite and lights it and blows the whole place up, ending their torment and mine as well, because it was cold as a fuck in this place. And the thing was, I was going to leave when I, when I woke up, but my legs fell asleep, so I couldn't get up. Stay safe, we'll catch you on the flip side. So it had a terror mask? Yeah, yeah, that kind of uh, William Castle ballyhoo thing that was used uh, on and off again in the 70s. And this is no exception. Gotta say, too, this one has definitely escaped my radar. I've never heard of it. You know, I, I never got any of those things. I mean, I went to some of those flicks where they gave away stuff, but for some reason, they were always out of whatever it was by the time I got there. I, I kind of wanted that barf bag thing, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I recall Mark of the Devil had one of those. Or what about the special green blood you were supposed to drink to protect you from the creature in Brides of Blood? Or was that Brain of Blood? Or maybe... Blood of the bloody corpse of blood? Yeah, maybe that was it. In any event, on that sanguinely drippy notion, we shall call it a show, friends, but not, not before thanking our contributors to this edition of Fusebox, Aaron Lane... Jody Lorimer, Jeff Pollard, and Mr. 42nd Street Pete for outstanding oral embellishments. And and by the way, uh, Pete has just released a new Western novel of his own called uh, Gunfighters of the Drunken Master, a trilogy. And uh, I'll be doing a review of this in the next show, so uh, <laughs> please uh, join us for that. And thanks as well to the interdepartmental man of misery... The Grand Vizier of Volume, Milt Keynes, for technical assistance and uh, Halloween hating. <laughs> a pleasure as always. And uh, folks, even though it's that creepy time of year that we all hate with rage and hateful, fiery, rageful hate, <laughs> why don't you turn that frown upside down and help out our little show here by going to Patreon and uh, signing up to become a member and help support this here fine show. Yes, that's right. If you go to uh, patreon.com forward slash the Fusebox show and uh, sign up, you'll get free swag immediately for doing that. Early show releases and uh, all sorts of uh, vaguely... <laughs> or maybe that was spiritedly... Uh, <laughs> lurid material, not fit for anybody. It does most surely help us out and keeps us stocked in uh, Japanese pocket squirrel kibble. <laughs> Thanks bunches and bunches to the folks at Grindhouse Resurrection Magazine for their continued support because we can all benefit from a little more Grindhouse in our day. Can't we, though? I have been your all-wrapped-up with nowhere-to-haunt host, Mark Rowe, saying until our next cartoon. Thank you.